Come on, clap your hands. Let me sing Lord of all creation. And Lord of all creation. Of water, earth, and sky. The heavens are your tabernacle. And glory to the Lord on I go see God of wonders. And God of wonders beyond the galaxy. And you are holy. And you are holy. The universe declares your majesty. And you are holy. And you are holy. Come on, Lord of all creation. Lord of all creation Of water, earth, and sky The heavens are your tabernacle Glory to And glory to the Lord all night Come see that We got a wilderness beyond our galaxy For you are holy, you are holy. The universe declares your majesty. For you are holy, you are. We'll sing early in the morning. Early in the morning. This I will celebrate the light. When I stumble in the darkness Yes, I will call your name by night And God of wonders beyond Come sing it out We praise you And you are Yes, you are And you are whole The universe declares your majesty And you are Sing out, God of wonders. Oh, and God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy. You are universe. The universe declares you. We praise you, Lord. For oh, just the drums and voices, singing out, God of wonders. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. Come give him praise. Yes, you are holy. We declare you are holy. The universe, the universe declares your majesty. Come sing out. Yes, you are holy. Happy voice, happy voice. God of wonders. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are.
on with your face today. If you could just close your eyes and add it to the worship in this place. We serve you, Lord. We're here to worship you, not just on Sunday, God. But we come here together to praise your holy name as a body, as your church. <laughs> oh, we praise you. Come on, give him praise. We sing here inside. Here inside your presence, taken by the wonder of you. Here inside your glory, we fill our lives fully to you. We'll sing it again here inside. Stop it like a fire Let our lives be like 
room right now for the Holy Spirit to move. Ponies in this place right now. Would you just close your eyes and lift your hands as a sign of worship, as a sign of surrender. Holy Spirit, come and move. It's your service, Lord. So can I say we're a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Come on. We just make room right now. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, would you begin to pray in the faith right now? Would you begin to pray in the Spirit? Moving on this, the Lord. We desire this, God. We want to desire. Glory to your voice. 
If you feel you have a word from the Holy Spirit, would you go ahead and just take this time and speak it out to encourage your body? just respond to that word right now. If you're in this place and you have been doubting God or you're in a tough place, God wants you to have his eyes. Put your eyes back on Jesus. Come on, if that's you in this place, just put your eyes back on Jesus. And the way you do it is just worshiping him. You come to him, just repent. Lord, I'm sorry for making this thing greater than what it is. God, you are greater. Come on, would you turn your affections back to Jesus right now? desire, Lord, that you be lifted high. Oh, right now, would you just take these next couple of moments to start praying for someone you know that needs Jesus. We respond to that word by praying for them in this place. Come on, we cry out to the Lord right now. We cry out for salvation. We cry out for forgiveness, Lord. We cry out for repentance. Would you cry out for three people right now? Go 
darkness, that they may be saved.
Come on, we're a spiritual church. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Would you just lift up your voices if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and just begin to pray in other tongues? If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, just raise your hands and say, I want to be filled. I pray for you to be filled right now in the name of Jesus with the fire of the Holy Ghost. With the fire of the Holy Ghost. Shandor Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Espirito Santo Vien. Fuego. Fire. More. Mas, mas, oh, we're hungry for you today. We're not ashamed of you, Jesus. Oh, you are the air that I breathe, God. You are everything. Fill me more, God. Fill me, Jesus. Come on, 30 more seconds. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. You are a spiritual being. The Bible says He'll touch you on the inside and flow rivers of power through you. Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Release those rivers. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Hallelujah. The Lord your God is with you. Though a thousand fall at your left side, ten thousand at your right, the destruction shall not come near you. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Build up your faith. Hallelujah. Pray it in the Spirit. Oh, not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. I just hear this song. I want us to sing it out. Oh, waves of glory. Waves of glory. Waves of glory. Wash over me. Let's sing it out. Waves of glory. The glory of God. Come on, Jesus. Waves of glory. Wash over me. Come on, waves of glory. Let your presence come. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Waves of glory. Show for me. Waves of glory. Waves of glory. 
the Bible says glory will spring up from you waves of glory they're coming in the name of Jesus waves waves of glory waves of glory waves of glory come on one more time waves of glory let your river flow let your river flow wash over me now let's say waves of love waves of love oh waves of love waves of love wash over come on waves of love yes God yes God wash over me come on come like you promised Jesus we declare it today you are here in this place if you believe God is here would you just raise your hands right now come on you can clap your hands but I just want you to wave your hands like a Holy Ghost antenna and let him just speak to you right now in these remaining moments come on raise your hands just like an antenna and let the Lord just speak to you right now he's gonna speak a word to you moments let him speak to you we believe God speaks to the heart of man Jesus speak to your people we are listening we are listening for your voice oh speak to us God calm the storms of our lives put our hearts at ease God one word. Hallelujah. Would you hold the hand of the person next to you right now? I believe God is here. I believe God is speaking. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for every person here. We ask that you will continue to speak to your people, that you will continue to transform our lives from the inside out, that, God, you will be made manifest in us, that, Lord, you would empower us in this service that you would use us, God, from here to change the world we live in. And today, Lord, as we prepare to thank our mothers for all that they've done, we pray a special blessing upon them, that you will strengthen them and enable them to keep on keeping on. And, Lord, we thank you for everybody here in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen. Can you say amen? Can you put your hands together and bless him now? Amen. I would like, before we greet one another, just in an attitude of prayer, for you to be seated, for us to turn the lights on. We'll greet each other in just a moment. Welcome to Metro Praise. But we want to now call forth our mothers to come and stand before us today. We want to bless you. So mothers, would you come and uh, stand before us? Would you give them a hand clap as they come right now? Come on, get him touched by the glory of God. All mothers, come on. 
and join us here. And just would your mothers, would you face me, please? Amen. Got some mothers on this side. Amen. Can we give them another hand clap as they come? Lots of mothers here. We're bringing in the children. And children, you guys could just find a seat right now because we're going to have you say a big thank you to your mothers in just a minute. Well, mothers, you deserve more than one day. But today we want to say thank you for all that you've done. I know many of you have children that are my age or older, and some of them couldn't be here. But I want to thank you on behalf of them, and I'm sure they're treating you good today. You're going to see them. For those of you who have children that are too young to say thank you, we want to say thank you on behalf of them. One day they will say thank you. So for all the mothers here today, we want to bless you with a few encouraging words from the Bible and from some of the children that you have with, with some poems, some poetry uh, from your children. We want them to read to you. But first, what the Bible says about mothers, uh, the Bible speaks about mothers in an entire chapter in the book of Proverbs uh, 31. This is called the Proverbs 31 woman. Do I have any Proverbs 31 women here? Can I hear an amen? Come on. And this is what Proverbs uh, chapter 31 says, and starting in verse 10. A wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband's has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, no harm, all the days of her life. So all the married women that are taking care of your husband at home, can I hear an amen? We want to thank you for that. Now, we know we have a lot of single mothers. You have to do twice the work, and so we want to thank you for that. How many single mothers have to do twice the work? Can I hear an amen? Amen. God is with you, women. And this is now for all the women. Here it is. She selects wool and flax and works with her eager hands. In our translation, this would be she knows how to fix the clothes of her children when they tear open. She knows how to go to Walmart and make it feel like they got designer clothes from the mall. Come on. She knows how to take macaronis and cheese or beans and rice and make it taste better than it does downtown. That's what it says. She selects wool and flax and works with her hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. And that, that's talking about she's got to work hard to cook that food. And mothers, we want to thank you for that. Can I just hear a big amen from everybody out there for the mothers cooking? Come on. Amen. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. Women, I'm watching this right now with my wife. So many of you get up with the children over and over and over again. Nancy getting up, you know, every two hours. You did this throughout their infancy, and still when they cry out, they always cry out, Mommy. For some reason, I don't know why they don't cry out, Daddy. Daddy is bigger and stronger than Mommy. But I think I know why, because Mommy actually gets out of bed. Daddy just says, the boogeyman, he'll be all right. You ain't got no problems. Just go back to sleep. But the Bible says that women, they get up while it's dark. They take care of their family. Verse 16, she considers a field, and, a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. How many working women, not only in the home, but outside of the home here? Can I hear an amen? Working women, thank you for what you do. You have to be at home taking care of your children, and you go out into the workforce and make a difference. She sees that her trading is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. 
In her hand she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens up her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Mothers, we know that you have welcomed people at your table so many times, maybe your children's friends, strangers, people in the family, and you've said, come, get something to eat, let me help you. And we want to thank you for having that motherly heart. She makes her coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Men, how many are glad that your wife or the women dress up nice? Can I hear an amen? Amen. She makes fine linen and linen and sells them, supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. Can I hear all you women here say strength and dignity? Women, we thank you for your strength and dignity. And here's something that I know you can do. She can laugh at the days to come. So it doesn't matter what's ahead of you. You know God's with you, and you can laugh and say joy is yours. Amen. She speaks wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. How many advices have we received from our mothers? We want to thank you, mothers, for all the advice you have given us. I'm reminded of the time my mother taught me to uh, tie my shoe. And I said to myself, this is not going to be very important in life. So I, I went out and I had my friend tie my shoe. My mother had untied my shoes. And she said, you cannot leave and play until you tie your own shoes. And so I went to one of my friends. I said, will you tie my shoes so I can go show my mom and then go out and play? And so then I go up to my mom and I say, here, I tied my shoes. And my mom just takes the string right in front of me and pulls it out. And then she says, now tie it in front of me. And I was so mad that day. I was like, oh, man. And by the way, I have no shoestrings on today. Maybe that's the reason. But I thank God for mothers taking time to teach us those things that we didn't think were important. I remember Nancy sitting down with Bethany, teaching her how to go number two, go potty. And then after it was painful and and horrific, Bethany said, I'm glad I don't have to do that again. And and no, we were like, no, you got to do it over and over and over and over again. Mothers, you're awesome for that. The patience you have is amazing. She watches over the affairs of her household. She does not eat the, the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. And so that's why we brought in the children today, is we want them in a few moments to bless you and say thank you. Her husband also praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. In our culture, they have lowered what a mother is, and they've exalted, you know, the workforce of a mom. Now, some women, like I said, do both. But I want you to know, according to the Bible, the greatest thing you will ever do is raise children. And if you don't raise your children, who will? And so this culture's got it all backwards, mother. So I want to say this to you. You do noble things, and you surpass all the other things even a man can do. Because if it wasn't for a woman, there would be no men. Amen? If Nancy doesn't take care of little baby Lucas, baby Lucas can't grow up to be a machismo man, an hombre. And here it is. Oh, praise God for this, verse 30. And I want all the men, especially single men, to hear this. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. As women's bodies change, as women grow older, the culture continues to point towards the younger, more, more attractive women. And the Bible says the woman who fears the Lord will always be praised. Amen. Verse 31, give her the reward she has earned And let her works bring her praise at the city game.
So what we're going to give you is some rewards that you've earned. Metro Praise Leaders, would you come and give them some flowers right now? We have flowers to give to you. You've earned this. And then we've prepared cupcakes for you because we know all women like a little something sweet. Can I hear an amen from the women up here? Come on. We've prepared cupcakes specially for you. And as you're receiving these uh, rewards of your labor, we would like to ask one of the young people to come and read a poem to you. So, Isis, would you come, please, and read this poem to all the mothers? Guiding Light Mom. Mom, from the time I was really young, I realized I had someone, you, who always cared, who always protected me, who, always, who was always there for me no matter what. You taught me right from wrong and pushed me to do the right thing, even when it was hard to do. You took care of me when I was sick, and your love helped me make me well. You had rules, and I learned that when I obeyed them, my life was simpler, better, richer. You were all, you were and are the guiding light of my life. My heart is filled with love for you, my teacher, my friend, my mother. Now I would like to have Lawrence come. We're going to have a young man, Lawrence. His mother here is here, Kirsten. She's here somewhere. Where is she? There she is. Okay, awesome. Is your mom a super mom? Definitely. All right, would you read the uh, poem, Super Mom, to your mother and all the mothers here, please? Okay. Mom, you're a wonderful mother. So gentle, yet so strong. Many ways you show your you care always make me feel I belong. You're patient when I'm foolish. You give guidance when I ask. It seems you can do most anything. You're the master of every task. You're a dependable source of comfort. You're my cushion when I fall. You help me in times of trouble. You support me whenever I call. I love you more than you know. You have my total respect. If I had my choice of mothers, you would be the one I would select. Yeah. Awesome. Mothers, we just want to pray for you now. And then during our greeting time, we would like for you to stay up here and have all your children and family and friends and just have them come up and say thank you. So let's pray for the mothers now. God, we thank you for the precious mothers that are here today. Lord, you have blessed them in so many ways to bear children, to be patient, to have wisdom and instruction. Lord, to be there when others are not. God, you have made mothers so special. And I thank you for these mothers here today that have come to your house to celebrate their day. And God, I pray now you honor that and make them the best mothers they could possibly be. Give them strength, Lord, when times are tough. Give them the energy, God, to continue to do what only they can do. Give them the wisdom to continue to shape and mold the children that you've placed in their care. And God, I pray today for all of us to be able to reward them, to support them, not only today, but from every day forward, to always make time to say thank you for the meal. Thank you for the clothes that are washed. Thank you for the allowances. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, help us be grateful to our mothers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Can we bless the Lord for our mothers today?
Amen. Mothers, would you turn around, please, and just stay where you're at. Your children and those in this sanctuary want to come and say thank you. So just come from where you are and say thank you to the mothers, children, relatives. Would you do that? Thank you. special i mean i oh my gosh i could keep us here all day i have never appreciated mothers more than right now because we have our third baby in the house oh my gosh i feel like i've been going fishing more now than ever before because it's something about a crying baby that makes me like want to move away 
it, it's so weird. Like, like when women hear a crying baby, they're like, oh, Dito. When a man hears a crying baby, he's like, get me out the house. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. Now, some fathers, you're trying to act all spiritual right now. You be with me. You know you're with me. And then, oh, my goodness. And then when Nan, you know, because we got three kids now, when the two girls are down, they're acting crazy. And I hear the baby crying. I'm just about ready to pull off my belt and just let them all have it. And then I, I come, I come downstairs and I look at my wife like with a halo around her head, like a Mother Teresa. She's like holding, she's like holding Lucas like this. She's parting the, the fight between Bethany and Hannah. And there's like something cooking on the stove. Are you guys with me? Like mothers are awesome. I love mother so much. My mother is a praying mom. If it wasn't for my mother, I wouldn't have been saved. And uh, praying mothers, I want to encourage you with that today. If some of your children are not home yet to be with the Lord, if they're not uh, serving God yet, I want to share with you something that my friend put on Facebook, a, a quote from Charles Spurgeon about praying moms. There's an effect that you have that I don't see in any other person's life. There is an effect that mothers have when they get a hold of God for their family. And so I just would like to read you this quote today and encourage you that no matter what, continue to raise your children with God because I was a rebellious kid, man. My mother got so upset with me so many times. I remember she actually broke the paddle on my behind. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever had that happen to them. But my mother was spanking me so hard one day with a, uh, with a spatula, and the spatula broke. And you think that would have been like when she would have realized that's enough. But no, she grabbed an iron-like spatula, like one of those kind that can't break, and just kept whooping me. Um, that's how I grew up, by the way, Ben. And I sent this to my mother, and I just want to encourage you because I just feel it in my heart right now. Because I was a wayward child, and we'll just pray right now even for some wayward children. Charles Spurgeon said this, The devil never reckons a man to be lost so long as he has a good mother alive. A woman, O oh woman, great is thy power. And so let's just pray for lost sons and daughters right now, because I know I'm still praying for some of my brothers and sisters. Father, we lift up right now, lost sons and daughters right now, that mothers want to see come home. We pray for our children right now that may not be serving you yet, that may not be in the house of God. They were raised right. They know what they should do. We call them forth in Jesus' name. I, as the pastor of this church, come in agreement with the mothers here. Satan, loose their children in Jesus' name. We pray salvation to come to them in their house. Even today at Mother's Day dinners, let salvation come in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. We want to welcome you to Metro Praise 10 a.m. service. This is where it's at every Sunday morning. Keep coming, bringing your friends. God is showing up. We also have Wednesday encounter nights every Wednesday at 7. Royal Rangers and Impact for boys and girls K through 5th. It's like our Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts for Jesus ministry. Get your kids involved. And then also the last Wednesday of every month is Family Fun Night. And this uh, month is going to be Movie Night. We're going to be watching Joseph, King of Dreams, and having activities for everybody to come on out so we'd like for you to bring your friends and family this wednesday uh excuse me the last wednesday of the month which is uh may 30th and then elevate 
Amen. Teenagers tearing it up for Jesus every Friday. You guys got something going on when? The last Friday of the month? Last Friday of the month, May 25th, we are having our movie night. So every youth is welcome to come, everyone. If, even if they don't, they're not here, that's the idea. want to be here. We haven't decided the movie yet. There's three top ones. We're still figuring it out. But come on out. There's going to be popcorn, lots of things to do. Amen. Amen. Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments. There you go. There's a good one. The kids will love it. How many are excited about Boricua Fest? Come on. This is where it's at. Look at your neighbor and say, let's do it. Amen. This is where it's at right here. If you want to know what separates Metro Praise from everybody else, the Mijos to the Amigos. Does that make sense? No. From the men, from the boys. Here we are. We take it to the streets, baby. This Boricua Fest will be our seventh year going out to Humble Park, preaching the gospel to that community, to all the visitors, to all the people. We want you to be with us. We want you to start making plans right now. We want you to talk to your boss and be able to get off. If your boss says no, we want you to go back and say, I have to do this. If your boss says no again, I want you to put on the track, these boots were made for walking. And that's just what they're going to do. I want you to just storm off the job. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. This is, this is so important. It's almost, it's almost worth it. This is what I want you all to do. Please listen to me. Hear my heart. Thursday night is the 14th. Come after work and be with us. Friday at 9 o'clock, we're going to meet here. See if you can get a day off. We know you're planning days off for Six Flags. We know you've planned some days off to go out of town. Would you get a day off to show up here Friday? Because we're going to go out there and tell people about Jesus and then do it all again Saturday. If you're thinking to yourself right now, I don't love the Puerto Ricans enough to do that, shame on you. Shame on you. You should love the Puerto Ricans enough to do that. How many were thinking that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somebody raise their hand, get bum-rushed by all the Boricuas after service. How many think the Puerto Rican people are worth an outreach? Chicago, like New York, is the largest population of Puerto Ricans other than Puerto Rico. Humble Park is, to me, the largest festival on the north side. I know St. Patrick's Day more downtown. I know there's other festivals. The Polish, my people do their thing on Belmont. They just wave out their flag and honk their horns and do their thing, play techno music, you know, driving down. That's okay. But other than the taste of Chicago, this to me is the most important thing we need to be in. And not only are there Puerto Rican people there at the Puerto Rican festival, everybody comes out because everybody knows Puerto Ricans have the most fun, right? They got the best music. They've got the best food. They've got all of this culture going on. And so you will see every nationality to come out there and celebrate in Humble Park. Now, if this gringo is going out there to do it, I want you to be out there. I want you to come preach the gospel and love the Puerto Rican festival and believe God with me that this year will be the year that we could see a hundred people saved at Boricua Fest. If you believe we can do it, somebody say, Fuego! Amen. Praise God. Loving God, loving people. That's our vision. We're going to keep doing that. We're going to do it wherever we are. And we're going to do it today and for the rest of our life. So we're going to ask you to join with us. Everybody say, love God. And say, love people. Now, how many really love God? Can I hear an Amen. Do you really love your neighbor? Can I hear an amen? 
This is the deal. If you don't love God and love people, you can't get in up there because all heaven is about is God and loving people. Are you all tracking with me? So it starts down here. Let's love God, love people. Now, you may be asking yourself, how do we love God and love people? Somebody say, Pastor, how do I love God and people? You connect to the cross. You get taught the cross. And you go out and share the cross. And I want to just get my little preach on right now. Some of you might have saw me snap on Facebook. And it's okay for a pastor to snap on Facebook. But I'm so pumped up about this vision and strategy that God gave us. Do you know why? We are living in a culture right now where only 15, one five, 15 out of 100 Christians believe the Bible is true to their life. Did you just hear what I said? 15 out of 100 Christians believe the Bible is true for their life. Do you know what the other 85% believe? You take a little Jesus, you take a little Oprah Winfrey, you take a little politics, you take a little bit of the homosexual agenda, and you mix it all together, and that's what they believe today. And if you go around to your co-workers, I guarantee you, you'll begin to see and hear the same things. You'll ask them, hey, did you go to church on Sunday? A lot of them will say, yeah, I went to church. I went to so-and-so church. Then ask them, what do you think about homosexuality? Is it a sin? Can, should two people of the same sex get married? Majority of them are going to say, yes, they should. And then you ask them this question. Do you believe Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven? And that if you don't believe in Christ, you're going to go to hell? That there's no other religion? They'll say, no, 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 no. I think there's other ways to heaven. Barna has done the statistical work. Only 15% of those today claiming to be Christians actually believe what the Bible teaches. You want to hear another startling statistic? Another startling statistic today is that the churches that are growing in America, people get all excited about these TV preachers and these churches, 20,000, 40,000. There's nothing wrong with a big church. But we're looking at these numbers and we're like, wow, it seems like the church franchise is doing pretty good. They're making more money than ever, bigger buildings than ever. I want you to understand this with me. There are 300 million people in America, soon to be 400 million. We are dropping statistically in who is affirming the Christian faith. I want you to get this as an understanding. If there is a 1% difference in America's belief in Christianity, which is what we're losing right now, if we go from 70% to 69% Christian nation this year alone, which we are declining, do you know what 1% out of 300 million is? Who knows math? Shout it out if you know it. Okay. Three million, thank you. America is losing three million people a year in the Christian value system. Are you guys tracking with me? And all the churches that you see, even including Metro Praise, as an American pastor, I have to be a part of this. We are not increasing. And what they are saying right now is the majority of people going to church are leaving other churches to go to another church, to another church, to another church. And that statistically, we are not affecting the nation as a whole, but rather more people are becoming secular. More people are turning towards other religions like Islam, Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses. And so you're talking right now. Here's the statistic. 
the baby boomers leading the way have about 40% of their generation that believes Christianity is the only way. The next one, Generation X, has about 20%. And Generation Y, the people younger than me, 25 and younger, are around 10%. That's where the 70% comes from. Let me say this, baby boomers are going to pass away in the next 20 years. You may watch in this lifetime the death of a Christian nation. You may watch what's happening right now in England when we're less than 20%, less than two out of 100. Go to church and take it seriously. You can, we are at 70% and we're declining. And they say within the next 25 to 30 years, if something does not happen, we will lose three to five to six million a year. Who's knowing these numbers right now and saying this? Everybody who works on college campuses, every person working in youth ministry, Ron Luce of Teen Mania, Josh McDowell, uh, Bill Bright in his ministry, Campus Crusade for Christ, you know, he passed away. These people know what's going on in our nation and they're screaming out to the young people keep your faith keep your faith because they know as we send them to universities we're losing them are you all tracking with me now why did i say all of that because metro praise is swimming against the stream we're not here to build a bigger church that gets other christians from other churches to think we're better I'm not trying to get you to come to father and son and say, I don't like golden nugget anymore. Just switching a restaurant. What we need to do is be disciples that go back out and plunder hell and populate heaven and begin to get new people into the church, activate the old ones and continue the process of disciples making disciples. Because if you think, let me share this with you. If you think just coming here on a Sunday is enough it's not you will come here on a Sunday for the next 25 years and you will watch violence in this city continue to increase you will watch same-sex marriage become the norm and taught to your children from the age of preschool and up you will watch corruption you will watch everything of the end times happen into this culture showing up on a sunday because showing up on a sunday does nothing to change that and a lot of people don't like that about metro praise because what people want to tell you in other churches is you showing up here was the greatest thing you could do. You showing up here today was like, oh, you're awesome. And Metro Praise is saying, no, babe, you better connect, mentor, and send. You better connect to Jesus. You better start learning about Jesus and be able to go out there and start sharing Jesus. Because if you don't, you will watch your culture, you will watch your values, you will watch them disintegrate right in front of you. And the places that are beginning to see this are the places that have begun to already turn their back on Christianity, like places like Maine, like places like New Hampshire and Vermont, who are now so low in percentage of Christians that the homosexual agenda just comes right in. Did you know that? It's happening right now. Somebody say, I want to love God and I want to love people. Now you got to connect to the cross. This is how Metro Praise does it. We want you to join a life group. Come to another day into somebody's house. Start studying your Bible. Learn how to read your Bible and read it to others. Can somebody get excited about life groups? 
Come on, somebody. Life groups is where you need to be. Jesus wants you to be around other believers this week. And believers meet in homes in this church, home Bible studies, to get to know your name, to pray with you, to to encourage you so you don't get discouraged. Here they are meeting all throughout the week, and somebody will invite you to their home today if they haven't already. Then we mentor you. Can somebody say mentor? At our church, we take you through two mentoring phases. The first one is seven steps to spiritual growth. When you come to this church, we want you to go through this book so that you can be grounded in your faith, know how to pray and read your Bible. By the way, do you, know what, you want to know where the church is growing right now? Because it's, it's dying in America, but you want to know where it's growing? China, Africa, India. Do you want to know why they're growing in those nations? Because they're doing stuff exactly like this. We have Chinese believers here. They'll share with you what's going on in China, how the believers are being taught to pray and study their Bible. And that's how they're winning statistically a nation of Buddhists and a nation of communists to the Lord. There is an estimated 100 million Christians in China today, over a 1,000% increase from what they had 25 years ago. Oh, that gets me excited. And then we want to bring you through a 201 book of discipleship to enable you to change the world. And what does God say when you do these things? He said, Matthew 6, when you seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added unto you. When you are a faithful disciple to God and his word, he will bless you in your business. He'll bless you in your home. He'll bless you in your family because he blesses disciples. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So we want to connect you to the cross through life groups, mentor you in discipleship, and send you out to change the world for Jesus so we can win America back to God again. Win our young people back to God. Our college campuses back to God. The gay and lesbian community, Boys Town, back to Jesus. Christ, Devon Street, in the Southeast Asian community to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We believe there's a hundred thousand disciples for Metro Praise to get in this city. Come on, somebody say the getting's good. So go on and get you some. Come on, somebody say the getting's good. So go on and get you some. We live in the biggest mission field, the third biggest mission field of America right now. All the nations of the world are represented here. It's time for us to go get 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 100 around the, 500 around the world. If you believe we can do it, can you stand to your feet in a state of Holy Ghost pandemonium? Put your hands together and bless Him for the nations belong to our God. Hallelujah! Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Would you stay standing, please, as we prepare to receive our tithe and offering? I just had to share that with you today because I was passionate this week about that. And I'm not angry at other churches. It's not like we think we're better than somebody else. It's just I know what's going on. I mean, you just look at statistics. It's happening right in front of you. And you know in the Bible Belt, what was it, North Carolina? got to shoot down the same-sex unions you don't think they're going to try again they're working so hard to take away our values in this nation my friends we need to stand up for christ in this time and one of the ways you can do that is to support us by helping the ministry continue to grow here we have a giving plan for may if 50 people can give 50 dollars to the building fund 
We can have the $2,500 extra dollars we need. If you give $25 to Mission Fund, we can keep sending our books around the world. Today, we are supporting 250 churches. I want to share with you some news about Pastor Amit from VJ Awada. We had to dismiss him from Metro Praise because there were some differences that we had. So I'm going to ask you to pray with him. But he needed to be dismissed. We know that he can come back. But I'm discipling them like I'm discipling you here. And if they leave, we get 10 more in their place. Can somebody say amen? But I wanted to share that with you because we're not a church that ever holds anything back from our members. In the midst of us getting three new pastors, one of our pastors began to have issues, and we dealt with them patiently and patiently. And then eventually, with all the other apostles there, uh, we said, Brother, it's this or it's that. And he said, I'm going to take that. And we said, well, we're going with this. That's the way it was. If you want more details, you can see Ishmael right there. He's in, he's in charge of the problems. He's the problem solver. Amen. <laughs> but here's the good news. We still have a place in southern India, Pastor Jabez, with 80 churches. He just joined with us, and hearing him speak to Pastor Amit in that meeting was so amazing to give him godly counsel. And so we look forward to what God is going to do in the Talmud state. And so not only has God already given us a ministry there to keep going, we have double for our trouble. Can I hear an amen? But continue to pray for them. One of the, the needs that's going on, if you want to pray specifically for the missions, is our pastor in Nepal, Pastor Madhav, is doing the unthinkable, because Nepal is a communist nation, oppressive towards Christians. He's buying a property to build a church building. And God is blessing him, and we're sending him extra shekels to do it. Can I hear amen? So your money right now is helping to do that. And why I said it's unthinkable is because if they find out they're having a church there, they will confiscate the property and everything in the building. But he has to have the building because where he's been meeting, he can no longer fit the people. And so he, along with businessmen in that culture and community, like in China, you, you can hear the same thing in China, they're trying to start a revolution for Christian rights. And he's one of the leaders in Kathmandu, and he's saying, okay, if we get enough of us to try to step out and do this, maybe we can make a difference here and they won't arrest us. And Chinese Christians are still trying to do that to this day, to get out there and have their rights. So if you want to pray for a specific need this week, pray for Pastor Madhav and his church building in Nepal, because that dude's got some crazy guts. Amen. He's got some Holy Ghost apostle guts. Amen. Ready to die for Jesus. Holy Ghost courage. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for a church that's blessed to be a blessing. Lord, I am so honored to pastor these group of people that you've given us. And Lord, I ask you that we will always do the right thing here, whether it's leading the nations, whether it's spending the money, discipling, whatever we do, I pray for wisdom upon myself and upon our leadership that the people of this church would trust what they give to you here. And Lord, now we ask that you would bless them to continue to support what we do here so we can touch Chicago, the campus we have in Wicker Park. God, continue to bless it there. God, we ask you to bless our youth and our children. 
the jobs and promotions that we need, God. We ask you to do that. Promote and employ those who need it here, God. And, Lord, we also ask you to bless the nations. We bless Pastor Amit. We have nothing against him. But, Lord, we thank you for those that are still with us. Over six apostles and 250 churches in Nepal, Pakistan, two places in India. Oh, God, the Philippines and Nigeria. We ask you to bless them today as we do here in Chicago. As we do our part, let them do their part there. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. The Bible teaches 10% belongs to the Lord and offerings what you give above that. We're asking for you to give to the building fund and mission fund. And if you do, we believe this promise is for you. Can you say it on the count of three? One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. If you believe it, will you say amen and come rejoicing as you give today? Thank you so much. You're making a difference. Thank you. for serving us. Amen. Will you open up your Bibles with me to James chapter 4? James chapter 4. I want to deviate from our series that we've closed out. We did a whole series last month on Closer to God. I gave you a little lanyap, which is a Cajun for extra last week, an extra message on the Beatitudes. And today I want to go in a whole totally different direction. And I think this will be awesome for Mother's Day as well. Uh, I think this will bless you so much. And if I can do this without crying, this will be awesome. Because I think I'm going to cry a whole lot. Um, I just feel very emotional about this. Which is weird, I know, to hear from me. And you might think I'm kidding right now. But, like, I am so serious. James chapter 4. I want you to turn there. And then would you look up here, please? I want to share something from my heart. I want to preach something a little different today. I want to give you something that I believe kind of encompasses everything in life. This is like one of those messages that, that is going to be bigger than just what you're doing right now. It's, it's, it's going to be what we would call a worldview message. And I want to share it with you because it's in the Bible. And there was a time that God spoke it to me in such a way that I was able to see the world in a whole different way. And I hope that this will change your perspective on how you see the world, how you see life, how you see everything you do in between. I want you to hear this poem that really brought me to this moment. It's about uh, a son like me saying this to my mother. My dear son, now this is my mom would be speaking it to me, and uh, it's a poem, and I think you guys will get it. My dear son. The day you see I'm getting old, I ask you to please be patient. But most of all, try to understand what I'm going through. 
If when I talk, I repeat the same thing a thousand times, don't interrupt to say, you've said the same thing a minute ago. Just listen, please. Try to remember the times when you were little and I would read the same story night after night until you would fall asleep. When, I, when you didn't want to take a bath, don't be mad. Excuse me. When I don't want to take a bath, don't be mad and don't embarrass me. Remember when I had to run after you, making excuses and trying to get you to take a shower when you were just a little boy. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my mom is 70 years old. This is her last uh, run at life, and I'm just reading this as I would to my mom saying this back to me. Okay. When you see how ignorant I am when it comes to new technology, give me the time to learn and don't look at me that way. Remember, honey, I patiently taught you how to do many things like eating appropriately, getting dressed, combing your hair, and dealing with life's issues every day. The day you see I'm getting old, I ask you to be patient with me, but most of all, try to understand what I'm going through. If occasionally I lose track of what we're talking about, give me the time to remember. And if I can't, don't be nervous, impatient, or arrogant. Just know in your heart that the most important thing for me is to be with you. And when I'm old and my tired legs don't let me move as quickly as before, give me your hand the same way I offered mine to you when you first walked. When those days come, don't feel sad. Just be with me and I will understand that my time is coming to an end. I'll cherish and thank you for the gift of time and joy we shared. With a big smile and a hug of love, I will always remember you. I just want to say I love you, my darling son. Now, this just blows my world up in so many ways because my grandmother died of Alzheimer's. And I remember watching my mom and dad go to see her mom, my mom watching her mom, in a nursing home. And there my grandmother, Italian and strong, who used to cook all day and clean and go out. They lived on a farm in southern Illinois and just do all the things on the farm. I watched my, my grandmother walk in circles in the middle of this nursing home not being able to recognize me or her mother. She had her teeth out because her dentures had been lost. She lost them, I don't know how many times, but this time I came over, she didn't have them in the nursing home. And there was a stain on her shirt of the food she had been eating. And I remember Nancy being there with me, and this was the most Nancy has ever seen me cry. I could not literally stop crying because my mother sat me next to my grandmother, and she put her hands in my hands, and, and she said, Mom, this is Joe, your grandson. He's come to say hi and that he loves you. And she couldn't recognize me, and I just began to tell my grandmother I loved her, and I'm just weeping. And that was the last time I saw my grandmother alive. The next time I saw her was in a casket as we were performing her funeral. 
And I began to think about this on Mother's Day. And I don't mean to bring everybody down, okay? <laughs> like it's Mother's Day. We're talking about death and the pastor's weeping. What in the world happened there at church? I don't know, but it was sad. It was a sad day, man. Pray for Pastor Joe. So I'm like going through this like Mother's Day and I'm like thinking about my mom and I'm like, you know, I don't want to speak it over my mom, but if my mom goes down the same road as my grandmother, my mother won't be able to remember me one day. And, and this poem that I was reading may be the very thing she wants me to know. And then I began to think about today, Mother's Day, and I, and I wanted to share this with you, and God said to do it. And I was like, what am I going to do, just talk about how sad I feel towards my mom and losing people in life? And then God gave me this passage here, and I think you'll understand it clearly now into your perspective. I want you to go with me to James chapter 4, verse 13, because I believe we can use today's day of honoring our mother's as something to understand life in a way we've never maybe seen it before. Maybe some of you have never seen your life this way, and I want you to see it. James chapter 4, verse 13. If you're there, can you say, I'm there? Thank you. James is talking. He's the half-brother of Jesus, okay? James, he knows a thing or two about God. Listen to what he says. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go do this or that. We will spend today or that day in this city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? And listen to his answer. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Everybody say this with me. I am a little mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Thank you. That's what James says. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. Let's say that together. Everybody. Come on, say everybody. Everybody who knows the good. They ought to do, but don't do it, sins. Thank you. So here's how I want you to let God form your worldview today. You and I are sitting here, and we're thinking tomorrow is ours. We're sitting here right now, and I guarantee you, you're thinking the next two hours is yours. You've already made plans. You've already set the appointments. You've already made your calendar. You think that life ahead of you is yours. And God is saying, no, it's not. It is not promised to you. Tomorrow is not yours. All you have right now is the moment you're living in. It's a gift from God, and that's why it's called the present Come on, somebody go, oh, snap. See, God gave you the gift of now, and the moment you live in now is all you have. You don't have tomorrow. You don't. Young people, you think you have tomorrow, but you don't. Teen Mania Christian Ministry, Ron Luce, sent his daughter and four youth workers on a little plane to meet him in another city. The plane went down. Everybody died except the daughter of Ron Luce. 
29-year-old youth leader, 27-year-old youth leader. Just read the Chicago Tribune. You'll see every time I get the app open and I read, it's always people dying from the craziest things in our city. Man on a bicycle gets hit. Some woman walking away from, you know, Wicker Park gets beat down in, a, in, a, in an alley. Somebody chokes. I, you know, me as a parent, I'm always concerned about choking. We, we teach CPR to everybody who walks in our house because we want them to know baby CPR and the Heimlich, you know. You read a story, five-year-old boy chokes on a hot dog. Do you think that little boy, when he went to eat that hot dog that day, you think that in his mind he thought, that's going to be my last hot dog? You think when the mother gave that hot dog to a child, she's thinking, that's his last meal? I want you to understand this. Statistically speaking, there's more than 100 here, but we'll just make 100 on an average. Say out of the 100 of us here, listen to me, out of the 100 of us here, there's like one or two of us that's going to die in a car accident. That means, my friends, you're going to get into your car, statistically speaking. I'm not trying to speak negative over you. I'm just speaking statistically. There's going to be a day that one person in this car gets into their car, and that will be your funeral. I mean, that, that will be your casket. You will die that day in that car. There are some of you here today that you will get cancer. Statistically speaking, out of 100 people, maybe 5%, 10%, 15% get cancer. People here will contract cancer. And you'll be at, the, uh, at your deathbed. And you'll have loved ones around you. And they'll be weeping with you. And that will be your last day. And then for the vast majority of us, yes, it's true, the vast majority, maybe 50, 60% will grow to old age. But for all of us who get that privilege of growing to old age, my friends, there will come a day in your old age when your faculties don't work anymore. You will have to wear diapers. You will be in a place, a nursing home, and they will feed you through a straw. And we don't think about that day, do we? See, we don't think about that. That's what I'm trying to help you understand. This will blow your mind if you get it right now. You are but a vapor. When I went to see my grandmother that day in the nursing home, my friends, the town mayor could have been there. The, the football star could have been next to her. The, the, the man who owned the town, the town business could have been there. My friends, they were all old. They all needed to be fed. They all needed somebody to hold their hand at night because they got afraid of the dark again. And some of them, like my grandmother, lost their mind there. Why? Because the Bible says, as it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. This is my life. I'm going to do with my life what I want. I'm going to achieve the great things that I can in life. I'm going to be the best that I can be. And I'm going to be a self-made man, a self-made woman. This is what my life's going to be like. Listen to me, my friend. Even if you achieve all of those things, you will one day be in that nursing home. Your children will visit you once or twice a month if you're lucky. And you will sit there watching Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And I want to tell you, you'll be next to everybody else that you were competing with. If Michael Jordan didn't have so much money to be able to have his own nurse, he would be sitting right next to you. 
Every movie star you've ever seen, they'll be sitting right next to you. Every beauty queen, every pageant winner, every Jersey Shore girl and guy will have no longer the six-pack, no longer the Botox, and they will be old. Their flesh will fail. Their faculties will fail. And that will be how the rest of us go. And one day, your prayer will not be God, give me another day because I've been there with the elderly. This will be your prayer to some young whippersnapper pastor. You will take the pastor by the hand and you will say, Pastor, pray that I go home to be with Jesus. Old people have grabbed my hand so many times in services. We don't have a, a lot of the elderly here, but so many times when I travel in the church I used to work at, there was this one woman. She would come up almost every service. Dear sister, what's your prayer request? Pray I go home to be with Jesus. I literally had to pray for her over and over. Jesus, take her home, Lord. She's ready to go. Are you still alive? Okay, now listen, you got to go live for Jesus. And then I'm serious. I'm dead serious. And then one day, her daughter, which was an older woman, called me up. And she said, praise the Lord. I'm like, what's up? My mother's gone home to be with Jesus. My friends, this is what the Bible is trying to get us to understand. We are but a mist, a vapor. Take your 70 years and compare it to eternity. It's nothing compared to eternity. And the problem that I see with this generation like never before in, in our age group is the most guilty of it is we think the more cosmetic surgery we get, the more of a reality star we, be, a star we become, real housewives of Jersey, you know, Jersey this and, and then uh, Atlanta. We think the more we have it, we can beat death. We can beat this, but we can't. I want you to turn with me to Second Peter. I want to show you a few more scriptures, and then I want to pray today. Can somebody say amen? I just want to encourage you to live your life for Jesus. I'm going to tie it all together here in just a few moments. But I want you to turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 2. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 2. And I want you to see, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 2. I want you to see what Christ is saying to us through his apostle Peter. James, his half-brother, now look at, First uh, 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 Peter chapter 2. Peter is the book that teaches the believers how to keep living and how to stay true to what God has said and not to deviate from the path that he has set before them. But they continue to get discouraged. They continue to face the problems that you and I face. Does anybody here face any problems in life? How many think sometimes, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand here, but how many think sometimes down deep inside we think that our problems are bigger than God? That we literally think on the inside that, that you know what, this problem is so big, God couldn't even make a difference. And we live with despair. And we live with discouragement. And we allow the devil to take away the joy that we're supposed to have in these few years we're on earth. 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm sorry, it's chapter 1, verse 24. When you're there, can you say, I'm there? It says, for all men are like grass. Somebody say, I am like grass. Hello, <laughs> You came to the right church today, didn't you? Aren't you glad you, you learned that you're just a vapor and you're but grass? But here's the thing, God loves you and you're special to him. Don't have me go to Psalms 23 because then, bah, you're a sheep. Amen. God loves us though, doesn't he? 
He calls us his children. He makes clay out of the dirt, breathe into us, and calls us his children. What an honor. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. Somebody say, all that I do is just like flowers in a field. Thank you. The grass withers and the flowers fail, but the word of the Lord endures forever. You see, what the devil wants us to do in this time that we're here as grass, while we're watching our grass wither, while we're watching our life fade away, while we're watching the flowers fail, the things of our life, our jobs, and all of these things that we have as flowers, when we watch them fail, we watch the grass wither, we're watching our vapor go away, the devil says, ha-ha, let me get them now to doubt God and his word. Because now in the midst of human suffering, If they can doubt God, they'll miss him for eternity. If I can get them to shake their fist at him now, when they've lost their job, they'll never experience the riches of heaven. If I can get them now while their body is sick and they have cancer to shake their fist back at God, they'll never experience everlasting life. And that is why in the midst of your trials and my trials, we need to go back to this word and understand exactly what he said. He already told us our life is but a vapor. Our things that we do are just but flowers in the field. This church, all that I work for, the name, the reputation, is just but a flower in the field. One day, Metro Praise will fall, my friends. One day the building will not be here anymore. We will no longer be remembered. I talk to people all the time that think they're going to live forever and their legacy will live on and on and on. And I ask them to tell me, who was your great-grandparents? They don't even know their great-grandparents' names, let alone three and four and five generations before them. I mean, other than you going to a family tree online, Ancestors.com or something, how many of you here even think about your great-grandparents? They are all but forgotten to you. All the glories they've done, where are they now? But the word of the Lord will endure forever. The thing I want to ask you today, in in getting ready for closing, I just have one more scripture I want to share with you. But the thing I want to ask you today is what are you living for? Okay, tell me, I mean, if you're going to sum it all up, what is it? You know, and I think think about, you know, mothers. And if there's anybody who can say the best answer in here, wouldn't it be a mother? And the best answer a mother could stand up and give out of everybody here, because mothers, I think mothers do more than fathers, and I'm a great father, but I'm just telling you, Nancy does more than me. Come on. A mother could stand up and go, I live for my kids. And every single one of us here can applaud that and go, that is awesome. But there was a time when my mom's mom did not even know her name. Think about that. There was a time when she forgot who her daughter even was. And one day, my friends, we will all, if life should give us the good deck of cards, the good hand to play, we will all bury our parents. So what does a mother do With the greatest job of all, she has to find a purpose that's bigger than just being a mother. 
And if a mother has to do it, how much more so the father? How much more so the teenager? And how much more so the businessman, the young adult, the college student? How much more should we all step back today and look at life and go, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than a diploma on the wall. There's got to be more than zeros in a bank account and some rubber in my garage, a car with some steel and rubber. There's got to be more to life than just Cubs games, living for the weekends, Fox Lake, Chain of Lakes, Lake Michigan. There's got to be more than what we call life. And that's got to be Jesus. And he loves me. And I love him. And I want to be with him for all of eternity and I want my mother and father and brother and sister to be with us. A place where we never cry again. A place where everything is made right. And I am sorry today, my friends, but because of motivational preaching and and in dumbing down the Bible, it seems like people don't really emphasize heaven and hell anymore. I want to put that back on your mind today. Your body will fail you, my friends. The strongest man you've ever seen, he'll be in that wheelchair next to you. The most beautiful person, everything, the most richest, Donald Trump, they'll all be there. And when they take that last breath, everything, gone. Every flower will have failed. And I'll even say this for those of you who are in ministry. We have SUM students that are graduating in June. They, they are just the honor of our church. But I want you to hear me, even SUM students, because I myself in the ministry, and I've always wanted the ministry more than anything, any other job. This is all that I've ever wanted. I want you to hear to me, hear me say this. Even ministry is feeding and fleeting when we'll fail. Last scripture today. If you're ready, somebody say, I'm ready. Matthew 16, 24. Somebody say the good part. Here it comes. Here it is. Matthew 16, 24. The words of Jesus. Comfort our hearts, O God. Then Jesus said to his disciples. Can somebody say disciples? Thank you. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Why do you think Jesus' first thing he said to us to do to really be a follower was to deny ourselves? Because he knows who we are. We're like a vapor. We're like grass. And all we do is just but a flower in the field that fails. That's why he came to us and he said, the secret to you living a happy life here and a happy life up there is for you to stop depending on yourself. Deny yourself. Deny it. He's not saying to fathers become bums, deny your fatherhood rights. Mothers go out there and just eat bonbons, deny your mother. No, but what he's saying is if you think being a mother, being a father, being a businessman will carry you for eternity, you don't know who you are. You're but dust. You're but a vapor. You're but crash. You will fail, and you will fail yourself. So when we get started, he says, the first thing you're going to do is admit You can't do this. You don't carry your soul after death. 
You don't carry your soul to an eternal place. You don't have that in your power. Yes, you may be able to build this, you know, destroy that, help person do this or teach this. But once a man dies, he is in God's hands, totally dependent. Are you listening? And he says, you want to come after me? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Verse 25. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me me, will find it. When I'm in that place, I would like to be able to say back to you, to my children, to the person feeding me with the straw, I'm about ready to live the real life. I'm about ready to experience life everlasting. This was but a test, and I'm getting ready for Jesus to stamp an A on my paper. I'm ready for promotion. Can somebody say promotion? You see, I want to I wanna be able to say to you from this day forward to my last day that I've traded my life for the life of Jesus Christ and His life is an everlasting life. So it doesn't matter these momentary sufferings here. They are far outweighed by the glories to be revealed by God. Those who lose their life will gain it. But those who hold on lose it. Verse 26, Jesus talking to us. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Today on Mother's Day, I just want to ask you this question. If you believe in God, and I, I know most of you do, if not all, what can you give to God that's more valuable than your own life? If you believe in God, What can you give to him more valuable? Could you give him money? Could you give him clothes? Could you give him your time? What is more valuable than your very own life? Now flip it the other way. What is the most valuable thing you can give to your job? What is the most valuable thing you can give to the sports and entertainment? It is your life. It is your life. And God is asking you a question right now. Are you going to do it my way or are you going to do it your way? Because even if he says, if you did it your way and you gained everything with your life, so you said, here's the trade. I'll give my life to own the world. I'll give my life for the Cubs to win the World Series. I'll give my life to have a billion dollars. Are you listening? He says, you still lose because your life is but a vapor. It's gone. He says, those who trade it in now get everlasting life. And then this is what he says, for the Son of Man is going to come. This is what I believe. I don't don't know. Does anybody else believe this here today? Thank you. Come on. For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. Then He will reward each person to what He has done. I tell you the truth, those of you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Would you stand to your feet today and bless the Lord if you believe it? Amen. I want to encourage you. Band, would you come? I want to encourage you today to trade your life for Jesus. Mothers, you are doing the greatest thing on this planet But if you don't put God in your life, when motherhood is over and it fails, because it will, you will 
suffer eternally in a place called hell. A lot of times when I talk like this, people say, Pastor, are you threatening us with hell? I mean, you're telling us, I don't do this, I'm going to hell. No, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. This is what the Bible says. And so mothers, put God first today. Let the greatest thing you give your children is the example of how to serve Jesus. The teachings of Jesus. So that your children will be blessed on this earth and be rewarded in the life to come. In closing, there's two short stories I just want to share with you. And they're kind of opposites, but I want you to get where I'm coming from here. And I hope that you apply it to your life. The first story is from the place where I've been spending some of my time lately. And I regret that uh, I'm not getting any better at it. And that's wakeboarding at the lake. And I have some of my wakeboarding friends here. And I'm regretfully to say it looks like when I'm on a wakeboard, like it's a walrus chained to the back of a board. And I'm just getting ripped everywhere. But believe it or not, your pastor, he gets on this wakeboard and I go out there and I do it. And I meet these parents who own these boats, 70, 80, sometimes $100,000 to have these boats. And their kids, man, are like wakeboarding stars, phenomenal, flipping up in the air, twisting all over the place. And then I begin to talk to them, the parents and the kids, about their faith. And their faith begins to bring them down to more of a somber response. You know, they're all hype. Yeah, just did a 720. I just did this. I just did this. You know, I, all these tricks, and they're all excited, and they're all pumped up about it. And I go, hey, man, you ever go to church? Oh, yeah, I go sometimes. And I begin to think to myself, because, I, you know, being in the city, we don't see a lot of this like luxurious living, I guess, unless you live downtown. But, you know, you go out to the lake, you see people with money to spend like that. And it kind of reminded me of where I grew up, you know, in the suburbs where people had that kind of money. And I haven't been around that for so long. And I began to think to myself, you know, and I've been wanting a boat for my kids. And I tried to buy a boat a couple of years ago, 4000 I, I, I talked Nancy into letting us use the tax return for a boat. And she still is not happy about it. If you look back there right now, she ain't happy. And I'm still trying to make that up, you know, flower by flower. Like, how do you compare, like, 4,000 to flowers? I mean, I'm trying to even out the scale a little bit here. And I end up losing the boat. And so there's times I'm out with these people on the boat, and I begin to think to myself, oh, it would be so awesome for Bethany to do this, for Hannah to do that. Oh, wow, that would be so much fun. But then I hear these kids' responses to God and to church, and I would not be surprised if they're there right now skipping church so they could get the good water. And this week specifically, I don't know why, but this week specifically, God began to deal with me and God began to encourage me. And I want to encourage you with this story. God began to say to me, that boat's going to fail one day. Those kids aren't going to be able to wakeboard one day. And all those hours and hours and hours and hours that they did out there are all going to go away one day. But the prayers you taught Bethany, they'll never go away. The character you built in Isaac 
and Lucas and all of these children. Isaac is our one to come, by the way, that I keep calling Lucas by mistake. So I say Isaac is the next one. I forget my own children's names sometimes. That's just speaking that by faith. Um, Raising these kids up. And there's nothing wrong with having things in life, but God encouraged me with that. And I want to encourage you with that today. Are you doing more, parents, than just teaching your kids how to get good grades and get some A's in class and get that scholarship to U of I or UIC? Are you giving them more than that? Because those are the things that last forever. And then the last story that I want to tell you about is about a woman who didn't have hardly anything to give to her children. Her name was Susanna Wesley. She grew up in the, you know, the pioneer days of 1800s. And back then, birth control wasn't an option, so I think they had over 10 children, praise the Lord. John Wesley, Charles Wesley are two of the more famous ones. And she would spank them and and raise them up, and they were sometimes troubled kids. And she would get so stressed out sometimes, she would have no time to even talk to God. And so the story would go, when her children were acting crazy and she couldn't get them in line, she would just take the apron, put it over her head, and cry out to God for mercy. And John Wesley says that's how he learned to pray, was from his mother putting over the apron, saying, God help me raise these children. But her children grew up to change the world. It's not that your kids always have to be in church as a minister. They have to be the next pastor, Joe, or Pastor Adam. But I want to ask you a question. Even if you don't have a lot of money, even if you don't have everything today, I want to know, are you giving them that legacy that when they get older, they could say, Mama taught me how to pray. Mama, she taught me how to have a good attitude. Mama, she taught me these things in life. And the Father will say, I reward you for that. He's going to reward your children for what they did in his name. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the families that you brought here. And Lord, I ask you today, starting with the mothers, God, that Lord, they would put you first in all that they do. Altar workers, would you come, please? I want to just pray for the mothers a few moments. Because I know in our culture today, there are so many single mothers, mothers with troubles, mothers that have to fight for every good thing they give to their kids. And I just want to pray for those mothers right now. God, I ask you to strengthen our mothers today. To let them know, God, they may not always have designer clothes to give their kids. They may not have the best uh, schools to send them to. All the things they wish they could do. But God, I pray for our mothers today to train up their children to know they're but vapors. That tomorrow's not promised. And that they have to stand on the Word of God. I pray for mothers to raise up children of God in this place. God, let them do that. Let them do it, God. Give them strength today. I pray for families, husbands and wives. Even my family, God, that it's a struggle sometimes to put you in our family. It's easier to watch TV together. It's easier to take them to the park. But God, I pray for families to have family devotion time, family reading the Bible time, family prayer time. God, help the families to be based on your word. And then, Lord, for everybody here that's heard this, I pray that we would walk through those doors today 
with a different perspective on life. We're not promised a safe trip home, though we can ask for one. We're not promised Monday at work tomorrow because they could fire us. We're not promised any of this, God. So help us in life. When life turns to vapor, when our achievements fail like flowers in the field, and when our bodies wither like grass, help us to never forget you. Because we believe if we've lost our life here, traded it for yours, your life lasts forever. And my grandmother today is in your presence. She is in sound mind. And she is worshiping you, waiting to be reunited with us on this earth when you come. And I know that's true for many family members that have already gone before us. So bless us today as we go to never forget you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Can you bless the Lord today? Amen. We have altar workers up here. If you need prayer for anything, would you come and pray with us? Other than that, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. Children, thus says the pastor, cook and clean for your mom today. God bless you. We'll see you next time. If you can't cook, take her out to eat. Come for prayer if you need it today for anything. Mothers who need encouragement. Those that the message touch come. God bless you. See you at life groups. Don't want you come.